morning and welcome to St. Columba's for our service of morning prayer. Thank you all for being with us and I welcome visitors in particular. We turn in our prayer books to page 101. The Lord be with you. Beloved in Christ, we come together to offer to Almighty God our worship and praise and thanksgiving, to confess our sins and to receive God's forgiveness, to hear his holy word proclaimed, to bring before him our needs and the needs of the world, and to pray that in the power of his spirit we may serve him and know the greatness of his love. Let us confess our sins to God our Father. <coughs> Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault, by what we have done and by what we have failed to do. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that has passed, and grant that we may serve you in newness of life, to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy on you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in eternal life, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. O Lord, open our lips. And our mouth will proclaim your O God, make speed to save us. O Lord, make speed to save us. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. Amen. Praise the Lord. The Lord
We have been following the saga of the Israelite journey, guided by God to their promised land under the leadership of Moses. Now they can see the land ahead, but different gifts of leadership will be needed to create a settled people. <coughs> Moses' life work is done to be revered by all people for all time. The first reading this morning is from Deuteronomy chapter 34, verses 1 to 12. Then Moses went up to the plains of Moab to Mount Nebo, to the top of Pisgah, which is opposite Jericho. And the Lord showed him the whole land, Galid as far as Dan, Onatali, the land of Ephraim and Manasseh, all the land of Judah as far as the western sea, in Egypt and the plain, that is, the valley of Jericho, the city of palm trees as far as Or. The Lord said to him, this is the land of which I swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, saying, I will give it to your descendants. I have let you see it with your eyes, but you shall not cross over there. Then Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab at the Lord's command. He was buried in a valley in the land of Moab, opposite Bethpur but no one knows his burial place to this day. Moses was 120 years old when he died. His sight was unimpaired and his vigor had not abated. The Israelites wept for Moses in the lands of Moab for 30 days. Then the period of mourning for Moses was ended. Joshua, son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hands on him and the Israelites obeyed him, doing as the Lord had commanded Moses. Never since has there been a, a, a risen a prophet in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. He was unequal for all the signs and wonders that the Lord sent to him to perform in the land of Egypt against Pharaoh and all his servants and his entire land. For all the mighty deeds and all the terrifying displays of power that Moses performed in the sight of Israel. Thanks be to God.
In these conversations with Sadducees and Pharisees, we find Jesus turning their arguments upside down. It was a radical challenge to their authority and to the respect they normally enjoyed. This passage includes the two great commandments of love, which Jesus quotes from the Hebrew scriptures. The second reading is from Matthew chapter 22, beginning at verse 34. When the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? He said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment and a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Now while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them this question. What do you think of the Messiah? Whose son is he? They said to him, the son of David. He said to them, how is it then that David by the spirit calls him Lord, saying, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. If David thus calls him Lord, how can he be his son? No one was able to give him an answer, nor from that day did anyone dare to ask him any more questions. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Words from our New Testament reading provide a real focus to us 
as to how we should fashion our lives and go about our daily lives and work when Jesus made reference to the greatest of the commandments, a love of God and a love of neighbor. How those words are so familiar to us, not just from the gospel reading we heard, but also they come right at the very beginning of our service of Holy Communion. Hear what our Lord Jesus Christ said. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. When we think of all that's going on in the world at the moment, to hear afresh that summary of the commandments, the greatest of the commandments, gives a sense of focus to us, for all of us, to demonstrate a love of God and a love of neighbor in our thinking, in our speaking, and in our doing. Very shortly, we're going to be hearing the words of the Collect for today, the fifth Sunday before Advent. Blessed Lord, who caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, help us to read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them. How we are to embrace the words of the Bible and to reflect those also, along with that summary of the commandments in everything that we do. And if we were all to do that, what a difference it would make to our community and to the world at large. It is very appropriate that those are the readings of the Collect for today. As we gather here in St. Columbus, a few days after the funeral has taken place of a former curate and a former rector and a former bishop of our diocese, Bishop Gordon MacMullen. He served as curate and then came back to serve as rector. In the history of this parish, going back to 1896, when the church was built, I am only the seventh rector. And Bishop Gordon MacMullen is the only one of the rectors who had served previously as curate. And that doesn't happen very often in the Church of Ireland, whereby a curate, a few years later, comes back as rector. But in addition to that, Bishop MacMullen was also the bishop of our diocese. And of course, St. Columbus is the local parish church for the bishop, and the rector of this parish is the bishop's rector. No pressure on the rector of St. Columbus. And Bishop MacMullen had many associations with this parish and its parishioners over decades. It was his wish that details of his death and his funeral were not to be made public until after his funeral had taken place. Typical of Bishop MacMullen. He wanted no fuss. He was a quiet, private man, and he wanted his funeral to be quiet and private. This is an opportunity for us here in St. Columbus just for a few moments to reflect on the life, work, and ministry of Bishop MacMullen. 
I know for so many parishioners, he offered tremendous pastoral care and offered support at all hours of day and night. His was a vocation 24-7 to be there for parishioners in their hour of need, but to do it so quietly without any publicity or any fuss, drawing alongside parishioners, endeavouring to offer comfort and support, no matter what the circumstance, through his ministry as curate, as rector, and also as bishop, endeavouring for the faith that we proclaim here in this beautiful church building to reach out in privacy and in quietness at times of joy and in times of sorrow. Throughout his ministry, he was deeply focused on developing and strengthening ecumenical relationships. And this was done in a very profound and yet direct way. But he encouraged young people from both the Protestant tradition and the Roman Catholic tradition to come together and to travel to America, to work together and to offer support to those people for whom life was tough and life was challenging. This is going back many decades when Northern Ireland was a very different place that was not without its challenges. And the work to which Bishop MacMullen was involved in led to the formation of the Ulster Project, which has given wonderful opportunities for young people, the Protestant community and the Roman Catholic community coming together to work together, to share friendship together, to share fellowship together, but not just that, to give practical help and support to those in America who are going through difficult and tough times. Because for Bishop MacMullen, he was deeply conscious people's circumstances can change in an instance. Let it be through health issues, let it be through unemployment, and all of a sudden people are dependent on the kindness of other people for the basics of life. And he wanted to try to ensure the young people could work together and through that give a powerful example to adults. This can be done and we can come together as people of faith and give support to those whose need was greatest. As we heard in that reading, a love of God and a love of neighbour. As we're going to hear in the collect about the Bible, read, mark, learn and inwardly digest. And Bishop MacMullen was taking people out of their comfort zone to offer support because all people are made in the image of God and all people require support. And he was doing that so powerfully here in this parish and then further afield. There's one aspect of all of this that I want to make direct reference to. My immediate predecessor, Archdeacon Gregor McCamley and the McCamley family suffered very, very shocking news when their son Andrew was tragically injured in an accident in America. 
many, many years ago. When that happened, Gregor and Rosemary immediately flew out to America to be with their son, Andrew, who was receiving very intensive medical care after a horrific accident. Bishop MacMullen, who was bishop, contacted the McCamleys and offered to travel immediately to America to be with them, to support them. These were the days when we didn't have mobile phones. These were the days when email didn't exist. Those were the days when communication was so difficult and took so long for news to get back. And Bishop MacMullen immediately offered to go. They accepted graciously his kindness. Bishop MacMullen went out to America and spent a number of days with them offering pastoral care and support. And yesterday on the phone, Gregor and Rosemary were telling me just how much that meant to them. One example of many, when Bishop MacMullen put people first. Didn't matter about the diary, people came first. And we can't even begin to think because we've got mobile phones, all forms of communication, and postal services were so much slower. Phone calls were very difficult and very expensive. And there was Bishop MacMullen there offering help. He ordained me deacon 31 years ago. He ordained me priest 30 years ago. And I developed over those years a real sense of appreciation for Bishop MacMullen. He got to know the curates very well because the post-ordination training was in Sea House down in Nocteen Park South. Monday mornings, first Monday of each month in the academic year, 8.30, we arrived, all the curates, for Holy Communion, and you were never late. If you were late once, you were never, ever, ever late a second time. Cassocks had to be worn throughout our time in Sea House. We started with Holy Communion and the curates had to take it in turn to preach. And I will never forget the text I had to preach on when my turn came on the rota. It was Jesus in the boat in the storm and calming the storm. There was quite a storm going on in my heart when I was preaching in the bishop's chapel on that day. But Bishop MacMullen offered all the curates encouragement. He took a direct interest in our work and in our ministry. And when I had to preside over the vacancy in St. Mark's Tendila, Bishop MacMullen often telephoned me, John, how are things? Do you want to pop over and we'll have a chat? Good to catch up. Don't hesitate to call. Meant a lot going to have that form of support. He had a great sense of humour and he valued people and he appreciated people. I realised that very profoundly when I invited him back to be in St. Columbus on different occasions when I came as rector. And I would never forget when we walked from the clergy vestry down through the car park to come in the door on an evening's night for the evening service, people were coming in and said, Gordon, and I looked calling Bishop MacMullen Gordon. And I've never seen him so relaxed. 
and so happy to be just an individual where he was known as Gordon. And that demonstrated the warmth of his association here in this church. As a parish, he set a wonderful example, pastoral support, diligence in his Bible study and reading, his academic work in writing commentaries and preaching the gospel, but having a practical aspect of faith and an ecumenical vision that has helped so enormously in Northern Ireland over those decades. As a parish, we give thanks for Gordon's life, work and ministry, deacon, priest and bishop, a faithful servant of God who has enriched this church in so many different ways, not least through his faithfulness, where he had a love of God, a love of neighbour, and he focused on the Bible to give him a vision. How appropriate those are our readings for today. And as a parish, we convey our deepest sympathy to his sons, Stephen and Philip, and their families at a time of great loss, as we remember with thankfulness. And now to God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be ascribed is most justly due, almighty majesty, glory, dominion, and power, henceforth and forevermore. Amen. Amen. We're going to sing a hymn sung at ordinations, hymn number 457, Pour Out Thy Spirit From On High.
I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Show us your mercy, O Lord. O Lord, save the King. Let your ministers be clothed with righteousness. O Lord, save your people. Give peace in our time, O Lord. O God, may clean our hearts within us. We call it for today, the fifth Sunday before Advent. Blessed Lord, who caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, help us to hear them, to read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that through patience and the comfort of your holy word, we may embrace and forever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, which you've given us in our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and ever-living God, we give you thanks for bringing us safely to this day. Keep us from falling into sin or running into danger, and in all things guide us to know and do your will. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Go before us, Lord, in all our doings with your most gracious favour, and further us with your continual help that in all our works, begun, continued, and ended in you, we may glorify your holy name, and finally, by your mercy, attain everlasting life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. And as we continue in prayer, please turn in your prayer books to page 237. Page 237. Almighty and ever-living God, hear the prayers which we offer in faith and love. We pray for peace and for your salvation to be known throughout the world. We continue to pray for peace between Gaza and the Gaza Strip and Israel. Also peace between Ukraine and Russia and in so many other countries in the world where there is genocide 
war and bloodshed. May the God of peace be with us all. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for the one holy Catholic and apostolic church and for the unity of all Christian people. As we pray for the unity of all Christian people, we also pray for a deepening understanding of other religions in the world, Jews, Muslims, and many others, as we seek to serve our God and to know their scriptures and to know and to understand what we actually have in common. Lord, in your mercy, we pray for all who serve and lead in your church, for bishops, priests and deacons. We pray for David, our bishop, John, our primate, John, our rector. We pray for the ministry of this church. We pray for all organisations that serve this church and parish, for all leaders and all who attend. Lord, in your mercy, we pray for all your people growing in the faith of Christ and passing it on to generations yet to come. We pray for our Sunday school teachers. We pray for the children in their care and in ours. We pray for those who are new to the faith and to the parish. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for all who live and work in this community. We pray for the schools that serve this area as they now have their midterm break. We pray for all teachers and pupils and other members of staff. We pray for businesses in the parish, particularly praying for any business that may be struggling financially. And we pray for all other churches and in particular, the Belmont Council of Churches. Lord, in your mercy, we pray for families and for those who live alone. We pray for our families, near or far away, that we may be united in prayer and kept in touch. We pray for those who are isolated or those whose family circle may have grown very small. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for all who are sick in body or in mind and for those who care for them. We pray for our hospitals that serve the Belfast area and beyond, particularly in very busy accident and emergency departments. We pray for nursing homes. We pray for our parishioners who are in hospital or in nursing homes. We pray for those who may not have slept well over the night because of pain or sickness or bereavement. 
or any kind of trouble, those who may have mental health problems, those who may be dying. Lord, in your mercy. And as we think of those who grieve, we remember with gratitude and love our former rector and bishop, Dr. Gordon McMullen. As we heard in the sermon, we thank God for his ministry as deacon, priest, bishop, rector of this parish, as well as curate, and the many contributions he made throughout the diocese and throughout the church at large. We give thanks to him for his ministry and for his sense of humour and for the way in which he has led us in many ways in the paths of peace and to God. We observe a moment of quietness as we reflect personally over his life and give our own personal thank you to God for it. May he rest in peace. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for all in authority, especially for Charles, our King, for the Westminster government, for those who serve us here, that they may search for peace and that they may work towards reconciliation for all people. Lord, in your mercy, we pray for all who have been entrusted with the responsibility of governments, for the nations of the world, and for their leaders, that they too may seek peace in a world which does not share much peace at this time. Lord, in your mercy, and for those who work for peace and justiceness throughout the world, and those who maintain law and order. Lord, in your mercy, rejoicing in the fellowship of your holy apostles and martyrs, and of all your servants departed this life in your faith and fear, we commend ourselves and one another and our whole life to you, Lord God, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And the grace, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with us all evermore. Amen.
Lord, yours is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. For all things come from you, and of your own we give you. Let us pray. As our service draws to a close, we pray that the life and ministry of Bishop MacMullen may offer to all of us encouragement as we reflect on the reading today to have a love of God and a love of neighbor, and in our collect to be faithful in our reading of the Bible. May we connect with all of that and live it out to make our world beginning first in our community, a better place. We also pray for the Carruthers family following the death of Brian, asking God's blessing upon them as they gather here tomorrow for his service of thanksgiving. Remember, Lord, what you've done for us and not what we deserve. And as you've called us to serve you, make us worthy of our calling. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.
I hope you've all received your November columbans. There are additional copies at the West End of the church. Do please take them for a neighbor or friend. They are most welcome to hear what's happening here in St. Columbus. I want to encourage you to come along on Thursday evening, which is All Souls Day. It's a day when we remember those who now worship upon another shore and in a greater light as we remember those who have died. Many parishes have services on this day. This would be our first time having this service here in St. Columbus. It's going to be a quiet, reflective service with an opportunity simply to stop and to pause and to remember with gratitude family members, our neighbours, our friends, our colleagues who have gone before us. Perhaps they've influenced us in a particular way. Perhaps they've guided us through different avenues of life and to come to be still, to reflect and to give thanks. There will also be an opportunity to light candles in their memory as we see the light of the candle flickering in the dimly lit church. So if you can and would like to be with us at 8 o'clock on Thursday night, All Souls Day, I do warmly encourage you to come along to St. Columbus. It will be a short service, I hope also a powerful service, that will offer strength to all of us who are bereaved, myself included. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Amen.